Let's hope we, we've gone through it. I was actually looking forward to the 20s. I thought we were going to have a nice little revival. They're going to get the clothes and some of the music and talk about all the stuff that's not a, now available um, not through Gutenberg, you know, because it's over 100 years and all that good stuff. And so far, that stuff did happen, but the music and the clothes didn't. And the Gutenberg did because, you know, it's a hundred years of Agatha Christie, Dorothy Sayers, F. Scott Fitzgerald, you know, all kinds of people. So, but, yeah, it hasn't actually worked out the way I had hoped. I mean, there's still hope. Let's hope we, we live up to our expectations. It would be nice. I mean, I don't expect it. I mean, the Jazz Age was actually a really sad time. There's a lot of bad stuff that happened, but there was a lot of fun stuff, and I kind of wanted the fun stuff. Yeah, there's always a nostalgia for all these, you know, nice moments and, like, golden ages of, like, you know, the past and the great things or the things we mastered during, you know, I guess a certain period of time. But as you wisely just said, sometimes we also forget about all the bad things that were happening during that time and we and if we were to put ourselves back into you know those days we would realize that you know yeah jazz was great but uh, how about all the other problems that you know, mm -hmm. were going on in society and things so yeah I, I've heard that a lot in, in my job you know being surrounded by artists and always protecting ourselves in different lives and what if what ifs and what ifs and what ifs and um, I, someone told me you just have to enjoy we all have those this nostalgia within us for like you know those past times those specific moments in time sometimes for someone it's the 80s the 60s the 50s oh I wish I didn't you know I lived during that time but uh, we also need to like you know just uh, agree with the time you're living and this form of nostalgia is not you know we only you know protect ourselves within what you know appeals to us but we tend to forget about all the other problems that people were going through and it's a good way to you know just uh, cut, uh, cut the, the feelings of nostalgia when you're just like, you know, too much and say, oh, I wish I was, you know, it was, uh, I was living back, you know, during those days and stuff. It's funny how humans react. Well, it's, it's just like, um, I love history, and I think it's one of the most fun, important, and, 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 and things that are, is pivotal uh, people have to uh, learn from history in order for it to us to progress and not repeat it. Um, and the thing is, is that it's not happening. <laughs> people want to go back to the 50s and the 40s, and I'm like, wait a minute, it wasn't that great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's. Uh, I mean, I, I love visiting this through movies and through my job, but I think uh, that's more than enough. And that we should appreciate the time. I mean, that we're living the times that we're living as well, and always live in the present. And that's also very important. And we're also living amazing, um, amazing times with all the troubles. There's also a lot of great things coming out of this, you know, um, this time we're living. And I'm very happy to be living it. So, <laughs> I was, I'm reading this book that's called The Daughter of Time. It's really interesting. It was written in the '50s. And it's about a policeman who gets into an accident and he's stuck in a hospital bed and he's bored. And somebody brings him a bunch of, it's an English mystery, 
And somebody brings some a bunch of pictures from the National Gallery. And there's one picture that really strikes him, and he looks at this picture, and it's Richard III. And, but he doesn't know it right away. And he thinks, oh, this guy looks kind of like a judge. And he looked, and he, when he looked, turned it around, he goes, Richard the Third, the murderer. <laughs> and then, so the rest of the book is him trying, because he's bored. He doesn't have anything to do. He's a he's a detective. He he, the, what he does is solve murders. So, and he, he he they gave him a pile of modern books, and they bored the you know what out of him. So he's trying to figure out, you know, there's something weird. That this man looks one way, but he's got this legend of another thing. And it's just really, it's like an armchair time travel, but he never leaves his time. You know what I mean? It's really... It's super interesting. I can't stop yeah. reading it. <laughs> Are you still not done with it? Mm-mm. No, I'm about, I'd say I'm about 50% through. I mean, I just got it in the mail about about three days ago. <laughs> oh, wow. What's the title again? Daughter of Time. It's by Josephine Tay. Daughter of Time. Oh, it is so good. It's like, you're, you read it and you're, and you're, it's, it's not a murder mystery. It's a historical book, but it's written by a murder, a mystery writer, so it's like a murder. You can't stop reading it. You know what I mean? It's got wow. all the suspense. That's nice. I love those, and as you were saying, you know, with all the great ones we had in the past, Christmas and stuff, it's nice to be able to, you know, dive again in a book that just, you know, captivates you and just uh, love turning the pages. I love that. Yeah, I, I've been discovering a lot of new authors. That's one of that's one of my ways to deal with life is to read a lot. And but you, but I've been I mean I was sort of like rereading. During the pandemic, I think I reread every Agatha Christie I owned and all the Dorothy Sayers I owned. You know, and, I know you're and, a big fan. Yeah, and I read all the Fitzgeralds. I mean, all the, well the ones I have, and I just was and Time Machine and all these books, but they were all comfort food. But now I'm bored, so I'm reading all these people I've never heard of before. <laughs> But that's the, that's a great way to discover new talents, and there's amazing people out there. I, I mean, I, I heard there's millions, I don't know, uh, maybe hundreds of thousands of books being published today, and so w there's not enough time to discover them all, you know, during your lifetime and to read them all. So I'm sure there are things that, you know, passes in front of our eyes and that we don't even pay attention to that are amazing. They just don't get the, you know, the, the same promotion, the same, like, you know, uh, platforms to, you know, like, um, reach as many people, but I'm sure very talented and very captivating stories. I mean, I'm saying this just because I'm able to, you know, juggle in between so many languages. Some stuff that will never get translated in, in, in English from French are amazing authors, but it's maybe not as, you know, um, lucrative for people to, you know, um, translate them, but it's still really well written and understand, uh, you know, um, understandable in, in French. So I guess it, it, it happens for everything, Japanese, Chinese, you know, like, and, uh, and um, Italian, anything. So, um, no, I'm, 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 a, I'm a big believer that, um, um, yeah, they were, they were once great authors. They were once great, you know, uh, musicians, and we can go back to the classics and everything. But we also need to, you know, uh, focus on our own talents of you know of our times as well. And, oh yeah. And 
and every talent and every time and every generation has you know messages to pass uh, pass through art and um and we also need to need to give credit to this and balance always go back to the classics to the one that appealed to us of course but also uh, you know give it a try and um, and and the benefit of the doubt give it to you know new talents and well, you know, I artists read, of our generation as well. You know, I read books of all, of all types. I just, that's just... Oh, no, I know. I'm, I'm talking more in general, not about you. Sure, you read everything. <laughs> I do. You read everything. I'm a, mix, mm. I'm a little mutt when it comes to books. <laughs> I love all books. Well, uh, you know, movies come from books. And movies. I love movies, and I love TV. Oh, and I saw this great movie that's a classic movie that I thought I'd seen, but I never saw. And so I started doing that. I saw, and this is also a way I've been finding books to read. Uh, there's, um, I, I saw this book, this well, this TV series called Inspector Allen Murder Mysteries, which I never heard of. And it turns okay. out there's like, a, of yeah, yeah. It, and it turns out there's like a hundred books with her. Uh, it's oh, wow. the writer is during. She's considered one of the queens of crime from the golden age which I never heard of. She's from New Zealand. And her name is Niall Marsh. But it's like an accidental thing. I just was watching... I was watching this show because one of the actors in it I like. She was in um, an old miniseries that I saw back when I was a kid called The Bretts. And I really have always followed her and she was in the show, which is why I was watching it. But I really love the detective. I love the whole concept. So I went, oh, look at how many books there are. <laughs> That's amazing. When you find that as this, it's like you have content. You're like, yes, I'm going to be able to read. You know, I'm gonna, I have a lot of books to dive myself in. And I love that. That's amazing. Oh, it was just so shocking. You should actually read The Assembly of the Dead, written by Sahida Ruas. She's a Moroccan British author and it came out two three years ago it's available at every Barnes and Nobles it's um, one of the first Moroccan British author to be like published like this it's a novel and it's also about murder mysteries and it's um, fascinating she's, she's invented and created them um, uh, if you will uh, Sir Conan Doyle you know kind of like character like you know like kind of an inspector and like a bit of Moroccan one back in the 1930s Ooh. and so this person is fictional but um so he's working as an as an investigator for the moroccan crown back in those days and those days were like you know the days of Casablanca, of like morocco being so international with spain england america and uh, it's very interesting because she uses the whole culture it's all written in english on top of it and it's um and it's uh, and, and, and it and it, it, it she she goes from those real stories um, real murders and real serial killers that you know operated in the 30s in Morocco, and uh, so everything is real, like the, the, you know all the details about this character that she's invented to go through a series of serial killers and a series of books. The first one is called The Assembly of the Dead. It's an amazing book. You're going to devour it. It's like 300 pages, and on top of it all, it's being adapted. It's the first show being adapted by Netflix. A whole uh, the 
the whole thing's going to be sh- shot in Morocco because it's a Moroccan story. It happens in Marrakesh and those palaces back then in the 1930s. And um, Netflix is behind it, and they're um, casting the whole thing, mostly Moroccan actors. And and uh, I, I, I'm in talk with like you know the the, the author and, and the production, and it's uh, very interesting because like it's uh, I'm very happy to see that you know our stories are getting getting more international as well. And through this book, she also put like you know the the spotlight on this story, the serial killer that was not really well documented in Morocco. She went, studied it for six months, you know, like, you know, stayed in Marrakesh, wrote it from like her funduk there and did everything, uh, you know, to dive in the story and get some like local, you know, um, feedback from all those like, you know, old generations and people that you could still talk to and obviously mix this with like proper facts and like police files and, you know, uh, uh, things you would find in local libraries about the guy and stuff and it's a very very well done project and I think you should really dive into this as well oh it sounds great what's her name again Saida uh, Ruas I'll send you that as a text as well but I mean if you type on Google the assembly of the dead it will that I think it will pop cool as well I, I love that yeah. idea I, I, I just think that's yeah. super I think you're going to like it oh and you know what else is coming up the 100th anniversary of the discovery of the tomb of King Tut. Oh, wow, that's going to be fascinating. Yeah, it's next month. And, it, I mean, that's the thing that changed the world. <laughs> so, wait, it's coming out as, as, as books first? Or is it like, is it a series of books? Or no, it's just, it's, it's the actual happening. It's actually the 100th anniversary. There's There probably will be books. Oh, okay, okay, oh, sorry. Oh, I thought there was something coming out about that as well. I'm sure there will be. I mean, uh, there's uh, already a lot of, um, I, I saw a couple of documentaries. This is really interesting. They they took all of the documentary film of Howard Carter and, um, forgot the name of his boss, Lord Carnivan or something like that. Anyway, um and uh they it, it's all black and white and they put it in color so it would be alive to people oh, wow. if they call it king cut in color king top in color yeah is that interesting yeah i was watching it <laughs> yesterday this is um it's a french i think it's french moroccan team or is it french egyptian team or maybe it was French, Moroccan, and Egyptian, something like that. Um, that are the ones who colored it, colorized it. I've watched that. You know that I'm fascinated about like ancient Egypt in general. It's yeah. My favorite time period. Yeah, just um, and um, there there's a book by um the lady I um talked to you about, uh, the vintage Egyptologist and her husband about Akhenaten and Nefertiti that's going to be coming out next month in honor of because that's a, they're related to King Tut um, that's it's a huge that's amazing wasn't that the lady you interviewed once as well on your yeah, show yeah a couple of times yeah in fact yeah, I, I just interviewed her about the book this year and, and it's it's actually going to come out I'm so excited I can't wait yeah. to read it um I think I've listened to one of your podcasts with her and that I saw a few posts as well. I'm really, 
she seems like a great lady. I love what she's doing. I mean, I just, I'm fascinated about ancient Egypt. You know, the civilization was for me one of this, the Greeks, all of this. I'm, I love the, the BC era, if I can, yeah. <laughs> I, can say, I can say, like, I love that. I also love everything about, like, you know, um, the Islamic rise, all these things, you know, the, you know, like Spain, like, and, and, and Arabic wars and the Crusades and all of this is fascinating as well. The Renaissance, you know, the everything that we've had in Europe is also fascinating, but I've ha- I have a particular, you know, interest for like everything that was like uh, back in the days, very in those like, <laughs> and, and it's just amazing to see what Egypt, uh, Egypt did back then and like, what they built and the civilization is still like a big mystery to a lot of people and it's just fascinating I it's funny you mentioned that Bryce I you know I studied archaeology and my my professor though was a Peruvian specialist so I studied uh, pre-Columbian peoples like Mayans and Aztecs and people like that oh that's also fascinating it was really cool but my big passion was always Egyptology <laughs> <laughs> you go. There you go. So, um, but I, I enjoyed what I was studying. I mean, I did a lot of iconography I'm work sure. for my I mean, professor. When, I, I'm not, I've never been, I've, I've told you, I think, in previous interviews that my dream would have been to be an archaeologist. But then my parents were like, there is no money in archaeology except if you make a big, big sign. And, like, you know, you're one, one day you'll be, like, you know, probably sponsored by people, investors, because you've made a big sign. And then, you know, like, people want to sponsor that again. But she was like, unless that happened, my mother was like, if that happens, you're just going to have, you know, to, uh, to do it out of, like, passion. And they're a very intense job and, you know, jobs and you just do them on the ground. And um, they don't pay well. And... That's, you know, the impression I was given. And as any parent, I can understand that she was just trying to, you know, like, uh, um, uh, you know, give me a a good future, as they say, you know, like, you know, like uh, with more, I guess, um, uh, a a bigger finance, uh, you know, uh, financial liberty, I guess, freedom. (laughs) Money. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, money. But I was just fascinated by this. And and, any time I get to be on a movie that's like, you know, a period movie, I just like, I'm so happy because I love history. And and especially if we go into things or like, you know, talking about archaeology or like, as you know, how fascinated and happy I was to be on Miss Fisher in those like times of the 1930s, Palestine, all these things. I'm very, I guess, um, you know, maybe it's my British side for my father. You know, they were like big explorers. They love that. They love going around and just like seeing everything. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm, I, because I'm quite close to all of this. I'm, I was raised in Morocco and I'm still very fascinated by this whole, like, you know, uh, um, very, let's say, the, the, the very, Oh, the movie, the very Indiana Jones, you know, I love these oh, kind of, yeah. like, you know, places, these kind of history, <laughs> these kind of like, you know, runes, and it's it's just fascinating. My first professor that I got introduction to archaeology was the same professor that was a Peruvian specialist that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. And in the class, when we started, this is introduction to archaeology, she says, okay, I do not carry a whip. I do not go off and fight the bad guys. <laughs> she goes, I do go to sites. I do work as an archaeologist, but the adventure, the guns, the whip, the snake. I forgot that this whole movie 
yeah. made everyone want to be an archaeologist. <laughs> well, my generation that was there, we were all like, oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not as it was in the movie. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, mean, nothing like Harrison Ford goes through, did you? And, and she goes, yeah, we had the snakes. Other than the snakes and the scorpions <laughs> and things like that. But other than yeah. the, 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 that stuff, but no, not... Uh, <laughs> it was not that uh, stimulating. It was not that exciting. Yeah. But I just thought it was really funny. Because I just, I'll never forget, I, I never forgot that. It was like, the whole class went, oh. Yeah, that's a very fun introduction. <laughs> Because it, I'm sure, because it was introduction, and we're a bunch of um, first-year college students, that she, she was like, you know, I don't want to break your hearts, but let me tell you what it's like. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've had that as well, trust me. Even in, like, acting school, like, guys, it's not all about, like, glamour. It's not about, it's, uh, you know... Um, it's it's not all about like, like glamour sparkles and you know red carpets. They're like this is just the tip of the iceberg. They're like this is the you know the the recognition, the aftermath if it ever happens. But it's about the struggle. It's about diving into your emotion. It's about like you know um, exposing yourself in front of people emotionally at so many level and and going so deep. So they said that like in the first class when we got in as well. And they were like, and if you guys are here because you want to be, you know, looking good on TV or just, like, have some, you know, uh, father issues, they said that to girls, or, like, some mother issues that you're trying to, you know, uh, cure through this, then you'd probably be very disappointed in what's going to happen in the future. Make sure that you're not getting into this job and this craft because um, you're try you have, you know, ego trips or like things you're trying to solve they're like therapy might be better for you yeah if you think you're gonna Take a psychology class <laughs> yeah they were like if you have i don't know if you've never been loved by your parents and stuff and you think this you know being you know loved by people and you you, you and all these things is gonna you know um fill in a certain void within you uh they were like you'd be super disappointed because it's uh, a lot of people got in this, these, this industry for the wrong reason and sometimes never even get, you know, a chance to really uh, explore it. And then they get even more resentments, even more, you know, um, and because I think those kind of people in the beginning just didn't evaluate well um, what was it that they were trying to, you know, um, yeah, to, to accomplish or to fill by doing acting and a lot of people tend to just see acting as the end goal the movies the screen the silver screen this but it's a whole job it's a whole process it's a whole network you have to create it's a whole attitude you have to have it's not knowing when your next job is it's a, a accepting this it's acceptance it's a, it's deciding that you're going to be an artist that you're going to dive into you know in, in characters and that you're going to have to to do all these, you know, I'm not going to, you know, bother you with all the different layers that, you know, acting is, but a lot of people don't understand this, and I myself didn't un uh, fully understand it all when I was a young, you know, 19-year-old boy in, in, in New York City trying to, you know, I, I mean, studying acting, and um, and I saw a lot of people that, you know, never get back into the class, and so, the, you know, the teacher said that, they were like, if it's the case, just get your money back, you still have to 
three weeks ahead, you know, to do this and just like, you know, go get your money back and do something else. And a lot of people actually, not a lot, but let's say 10, 20 percent, you know, the people didn't make it through the first semester and they were just like, you know, very surprised by what acting was all about, that it was like staying eight hours with like, you know, teams rehearsing, you know, in like the corridors of like, you know, the, the, the university and just, you know, going in front of your teachers, in front of everyone and they um, they didn't see this whole aspect of the thing, you know, the, the industry, I guess. Bryce, don't you think that that teacher, just like my teacher, was trying to get rid of the people who didn't really want to do it? They were getting trying to go for the easy A or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah I, I think they were just trying to get rid of that. those people. <laughs> that's why they didn't come back. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I do think that, you know, any, like, teacher want to have, like, a want to have a small effect kind of thing in the class so they just like they're, they're happy to have less students to focus on you know the let's say the the more interested one like uh ones i guess but um yeah no it was it's it just i think it's they, they were wise in a way because uh, when you're young you don't know all you, you tend to like you know idealize things and you don't really know what you're getting yourself in i don't like what the uh, you know you know people also like um um rip any pa passion that you have for something by make you, making you like hate a subject or something that shouldn't be you know a, a teacher's place either no. but at least to warn people you know no. and not like let them no I just meant that if you tell people uh, it's not about glamour it's not about the red carpet it's not about the cult of personality that's not what acting is acting is work mm. acting is hard because you know exactly. I studied acting too and I went through that with my own yeah teaching and I was like I and how many classes have you taken that started that way I mean almost all of them right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you're so right because you're, you want them to know that I mean even before I I really seriously was uh taking acting classes outside of my my school you know outside of drama in school yeah. Um, one of our family friends who was a character actor, he said, I, he goes, Sherry, I don't want you to go into acting unless you understand, first of all, it's work, and second of all, it isn't about you, um, you know, getting uh, to become famous or anything like that. Do you understand that? I go, yeah. He goes, how do you understand that? Because of you. <laughs> He said, okay, you're a smarty. But, 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 I mean, look at it this way. It's like people know that it's hard to become a doctor, that it's going to take a lot of work. People know that it's going to be very hard to be a lawyer, that you're going to be learning cases every night and, you know, pulling all-nighters and stuff like this. But people think acting is going to be easy and glamorous and that it's like, you know, a dream or something. I mean, they should understand, and that's what the teacher, I think, was trying to, you know, pass as an information mm -hmm. to you guys have, you know, uh, you're legitimately, you know, you, you have, you know, all the rights to want to be like, you know, uh, to have this end goal, uh, you know, being, you know, on the silver screen or on the big screen and being among those top actors that you've seen all your life. It's a, it's a right of yours to be dreaming about it. But just remember that like anything, there's going to be a long process if you ever get to that level or that stage because it's not given to anyone, even in business or any any job around the world. And people confuse celebrity with, like, you know, work and acting. I know a lot of people that are not never going to be, 
as famous as, you know, Michael Jackson, Marilyn Monroe, Brad Pitt, but they like all artists, singers, uh, you know, actors for that matter, so many people, and make a, more than a decent living, love what they do, but people confuse also in this job um, celebrity with, uh, you know, um, acting. Mm -hmm. And it's like if I was saying to you, any businessman in Morocco or in France or anywhere um, that's making more than the decent living in a small town and has found like an industry to you know like um make money out of but you're never going to hear this person it probably lives a uh, millionaire's life as well in your lifetime but some of those businessmen are going to make it big like steve jobs and their name is going to resonate throughout the whole world mm -hmm. so celebrity doesn't fit just to you know uh, the acting world you can be you know famous for a novel price famous for, you know, for business that you've invented in the world, a solution, famous for anything, but it doesn't mean that you're not an actor or you're not acting if you're not that famous with fame. And people tend to, you see what I'm trying to go with this? Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. All the young people that approach me online and stuff and want a career in the movies, I always try to go back to this, what are you trying to accomplish? But then at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, even if you were not to make it famous, to be famous for anything, it just doesn't change a lot because at the end of the day you could still be making I mean just do your passion and um and you'll find your niche well fame also and I'm sure you know this fame isn't something that changes it changes your life but it doesn't change who you are so if you have issues in your it shouldn't change who you are but you know uh, what I'm saying I'm, I mean mm. you are going to always be you you can't run away from yourself so even if you become famous, you, people are going to treat you differently than who you really are. People who know you will probably treat you differently than who you are. It's not something you should just run into headlong without understanding that because it can really mess you up, and you, we've seen results of that like all over the place constantly. So it, it's really important that you understand who you are and, you know, accept all your flaws. <laughs> yeah, very true. And that's anything, any job you're going into. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, you're so right. You can be the most famous surgeon, heart a transplant, you know, doctor in the world and stuff. And you can be like a more than decent doctor. You're going to save a lot of lives, but this, you know, a fame of like, you know, you're having your name being spoken on every, you know, like list as a lot of people want is never going to be, you know, the case. And that's just like something I think a lot of people should accept. But in our, in, in my line of work, I see a lot of young people, you know, struggling with this concept of like, you know, if I'm not famous, I'm not making it. And that's really what, what I was trying to say. And mm -hmm. this, this is a big, 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 um, um, I think, uh, well, a really wrong way to see things, especially in this line of work. I agree. Um, little tiny move over, just a tiny. I just want to find out what's happening with you. I haven't talked to you in two years. What, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> well, wow, so many things happened. Um, well, I mean, we, we've spoken right in 2019 when I had completed the filming of Redemption Day. Mm -hmm. I then... Um, Little later that year, well, 2020 happened because that was what, 2019. Uh, we were all mobilized for like you know six months, and I think in you know mid 2020 things started to 
to happen again. I, I, I was so lucky, thanks to Redemption Day, to be selected as one of the Arab stars of tomorrow by Screen International. So, you know, the big newspaper Screen Daily that's been around in the industry since, I think, the late 19th century in, in England and covering even back then, like, you know, uh, theater pieces and West End and everything. So it's um, they're very, um, very well known in the industry as a as a very um, as a legit newspaper, and so um, they they selected me as one of the Arab stars of tomorrow for their um, for for this um, at the International Film Festival of Cairo. So I went there. It was um, a very very wonderful moment to be able, uh, you know, as a young actor, to, you know, be there and be representing Morocco and being given this title and being with all these like you know great actors because you know the the, the International Film Festival of Cairo is one of the only recognized, um, you know, festival in the world that has like the the triple A, I think, uh, probation. So it's like as the same level as Cannes. It's like you know uh, Sundance. Any, it's really well recognized, and it's the only one in the Arab world and in Africa recognized uh, internationally. So uh, I was very very blessed to be able to to be there and discover Egypt this way as well. Uh, Sorry, that's a big deal for me. And for yeah, you, you went to Egypt. So yeah. yeah, I went to the pyramids, I discovered Giza, I went in it. It was very hard to go, you know, um, at the top of the tomb and, like, to climb, although I'm fit, I was young. I really felt it, the struggle for air and everything, but it was so nice to be there and to celebrate on top of everything, you know, my, um, well, a, a milestone in my career and to be able to be there. Was, everything was so magical. And, um, yeah, after this, I came back to Morocco. I participated in like this superhero movie first Moroccan African superhero movie it's all going to be in France it's with like great I guess like you know famous actors in in, in Europe and in France and, and Belgium as well as like local Moroccan bits of, like you know everyone's so international now so everyone has careers everywhere and we've all gathered for this first attempt um, of like a superhero kind of like African movie I think it's gonna it's gonna be nice interesting it's taking a long What's time the name to of you know, it? be put together. What's the name of Sorry. it? What's the call? It's going to be called Atoman. Atoman. So it's a, a, it's you know um, Amazigh Berber is the the original language in Morocco because before the Islamist you know um, um, conquest back in in the seventh century they were original people living in northern Africa and they were called uh, Berbers uh, from barbarians, a derivative of barbarians, because they were called like this by the Romans, mm-hmm. and they were not actually Muslims, they were people from like the mountains of North Africa, very mixed with like, you know, Spain and Mediterranean, and hence why in Morocco and North Africa were also mixed and also like close to the European, like, you know, culture and our physiques and a lot of things, so because it goes back to the Vikings coming to Morocco. So back in those days, we had like runes from, you know, Roman times, where be these towns that were entirely Roman before we even had like Islam in Morocco. So we go back to those days of this mythology of like Northern Africa. And uh, Atto, it means um, the wind. And man is like, you know, man in English and Atto man together is like a, a modern title for like, you know, the, the man of the wind, but uh, with a mix in of this old language, which is called Amazigh. And in Morocco, it's a recognized language. It's written everywhere on, um, you know, it's, um, it's a recognized language for our state because it's the original language of Morocco. Of course, Arab is number one. Then you have French, 
because it was an, an ancient colony of France, you know. But um, uh, Berber is, uh, is maybe half of our old. You, you always have a grandmother or a grandfather who's Berber. I mean, half uh, everyone in Morocco has, uh, you know, some Berber in them, and they're re- really close to this to this past of their uh, of, of theirs, I guess. And it's um, we're the whole movie is evolving around this, and it really, really was important for me to be part of this because my whole family, believe it or not, is Moroccan. Yes, but from Berber origins. So originally, not you know, Muslim family that you could trace back to like three thousand years back, but of those original people that accepted Islam so easily, and it was also uh, imposed like it was in Spain and stuff, you know, during the con- the, the conquest back then. And um, and yeah, so it's. Um, um, I'm very happy to see where this is going to, you know, uh, take us. It's with great actor, uh, a great singer, rapper from France, Moroccan French. Um, uh, also, Sami Nassiri that was with us in Redemption Day. He's the lead actor, you know, in, in the Taxi uh, Saga um, from uh, Luc Besson, the Taxi One, Taxi Driver Two, Three, Four. Those French movies that made it big, you know, internationally back then. And um, so, no, we have a great cast of people uh, internationally that are, like, you know, behind it. So hopefully it's going to be, again, a bit of um, of an attempt of, like, you know, doing something a bit international while still calling it a local project like we did with Redemption Day. So I'm, I'm happy to be part of this new wave of, you know, actors in Morocco that are trying to internationalize their 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 movie industry by uh, benefit, benefiting from those platforms and and those um, easy ways now for directors and producers to be uh, visible on, on online and just by negotiating something with Netflix or Amazon when back then you had to be based in LA to have access to studios to be you know um, uh, working there and if you wanted any chance of seeing your projects coming out and now it's changed the whole world so there's a big big wave of new you know um, of, I, of directors and producers wanting to produce these kind of movies here so it's wonderful to see this I um, I, I worked again with um, Hisham Haji sort of director of Redemption Day that we that came out last year I think you saw it as well it's yes. a few messages yeah, and uh, so that was great yeah, I was happy to see you know everyone um Finally, seeing me in a in a longer, I guess you know, a longer role in like a leading role, it was a, it was such a blessing to be with all these actors. And with Isham came back in Morocco, and we worked again on two other movies. One that actually got released a month ago. It's on Apple TV and Amazon. It's called The Moderator. It's a bit like um, it's uh, we did it we did it just after COVID. It was supposed to be an independent project that we did together, and he was like told me he was like we're all stuck in Morocco. I have a camera. Do you guys do you want to do this movie? And he had like a few people interested. They were, were all like you know uh, no no one attached to it. And then he proposed it to Gary Dordan, he proposed it to Robert Nepper, he, he spoke with everyone during COVID, everyone's like, right, you're making a movie, we're all stuck, we want to be part of it, you know, no one's working, Morocco has different legislations, and we all worked on it again, and um, I play a Moroccan police officer again in it, um, and it's on it's online, so you, you, you can watch it, you know, as, whenever you want, and it's... Um, What's the name of it again? Yeah, so, The Moderator. The Moderator. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, it, it, yeah, it's come out two months ago, and we worked in April with him on a new project called The Lost Princess. It's um, I think very interesting, very different from what he usually does. It's more around the love story. You 
you're going to love it because it's around archaeology, around a Casbah, old castle in the southern, in south of Morocco, a lot of flashbacks in the 18th, 17th century with the, the Arab lords, the, 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 the Spanish conquistadors and everything uh, there. So very interesting. And we do a lot of flashbacks in the, in the in 21st century. There's a whole love story centered around like a past and a lot of like different things, uh, ghosts and stuff. It's very interesting. I think he's trying to go in, in a different like theme. And, um, and I'm happy because, you know, my family has like, you know, here has been part of like the Moroccan history along the years. And we have some like runes, but like still like, like those, um, some castles that belong to the family were a, a big group of people behind. But uh, those like sand castles, nothing, you know, fancy, but like that we are trying to renovate and that we're trying to, you know, protect with the, with the local state and a lot of people. And I, I, my family um, was, I agreed, I convinced them to, to lend the, the castle to give it a bit of visibility for, um, for the movie and with Shem. So we, we shot there for two weeks and, you know, my great grandfather used to be based there and lived there and made his you know, um, his life there has uh, built his fortune and everything there back then. Uh, we're talking a hundred years ago and moved my family to, you know, uh, a more um, uh, urban city, Marrakesh, uh, from the mountains of Telwet, uh, because it was so, uh, uh, it was a different time. And it was just uh, crazy to be able to go back to those mountains and this old castle, you know, left in ruins in the middle of nowhere and to be, you know, filming there and, um, so it's wonderful to be able to, you know, live those experiences, uh, experiences thanks to Morocco and my job at the same time. And, um, yeah, and I've been juggling with like projects abroad whenever I can. Um, very small part, but I, I couldn't say no. I, I just, you know, uh, had a few scenes with, uh, Juliette Binoche. I'm sure you, you know, oh, that yeah, French, of French actress that was, wonderful actress. yeah, that, that they're making a wonderful, uh, TV show for Apple about like you know uh, the rise uh, of um, uh, Dior, um, uh, the stylist Dior and the designer in the 1950s and um, and and everything that was happening back then and Coco Chanel is played by um, you know and I had a, that's the only things I can say but I had a few scenes with them and it was really nice to be able to do this. Is this and, a um, is this a mini series, Brad? Yes, it will. I mean, it's still filming in, in, in France at the moment, so I think it, there's, it's going to take a bit of a time before it comes out. But uh, it was, again, with John Malkovich was part of it. I, I don't share any scenes with him in this one, but uh, Macy Williams from Game of Thrones, there's a great cast attached to this project. And um, it was wonderful to be able to participate, even if it was for a very small part, to be able to join this cast on this. And... Um, and yeah, I mean, I did the same, very small part, uh, uh, very, very small, but um, they were filming last year in Morocco a movie that's going to be called uh, On the Creation of Earthquakes. It's about the life of Seneca and Nero, and oh. Seneca is oh. played by John Malkovich. And I have uh, I have one scene, but a, a major scene in, in, in the movie, a very important one. And there's almost the whole cast reunited in that scene. And it's a bit of a guest star, if you will. And um, I play alongside uh, Geraldine Chaplin. In wow, cool. To yeah, yeah. So Morocco, you know, Morocco, again, is a blessing for me as an actor because all these movies come to shoot here because our landscapes are so diverse and, 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 and allows us to film and to pretend that we're in ancient Greece, you know, and all those, like, you know, studios and stuff. 
and uh, I get to be to be I'm, I'm very frank about it I'm not competing with a hundred other 15 guys like you know I would be in LA or I would be in London or anywhere else so I found my niche here I found my thing I'm, I'm more I, I, it's my that's the dream of any actor to, you know young actor we've been you know raised watching all the actors I've mentioned in the last you know five <laughs> minutes on TV and I get to you know always interact with them or meet them or be part of a movie no matter how big you know the role is or not and it's uh and it's a very interesting time we're living as actors, you know, having agencies a, a bit everywhere. Any language you speak, I speak French, I speak English, I speak Moroccan and Arabic, and I speak Spanish. And so I have agencies in all these countries. I'm, you know, uh, if I, and I jump, I, I can, you know, switch, and, you know, and act in these different languages. So I'm happy to be based here. I'm happy to fly wherever I need to fly for work. I'm, I'm happy to see the expansion of, you know, this industry in my country. I'm happy about a lot of stuff. It's a uh, it's taking shape. I'm I'm doing what I love, and uh, that's the most important, I guess. That's so cool. Um, we're coming to the yeah. end, so I want you yeah. to uh, give out your website and any of your social media that you can. Oh, uh, uh, so the website is on the, under under creation, but uh, for social media links, you can find me under Baxter Bryce. So B X T R B R I C E under any platforms really twitter instagram facebook uh, you know tiktok uh, snapchat all these things <laughs> it's always the same a handle that i have so that's so cool um did we miss anything Got, uh, did we no but if we did we're just going to come back to <laughs> you more with my life and my my career you know i never loved that you know i never liked talking about all these things and myself it's hard but with you you make you make it, you know, such a nice, you know, um, you turn it into a conversation and just a little chat and we're just like, you know, chatting and I'm not thinking about all the other people that are going to listen to this. <laughs> you know, like chatting. I'm chatting with Terry. You're just chatting with me. You know, just you and I. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's it's cool for posterity. Like, you know, I, one day I'll be old and I listen to this podcast online and I'll be like, oh, you used to say all this nonsense. And you know, it's fun. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you giving me the time. I know you're really busy. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure, Sherry. It's always a pleasure, really. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry.